It is, yeah. We have transformers. It, it's it's actually it's kind of a, uh, yeah. The intro piece goes through like a full sequence of this like little like machine, the dentist on demand machine. It's pretty slick. I will say, Mark did put some yeah. effort into that. It looks it yeah. looks amazing. But it is transformer. That's where I took my inspiration from. Hey, Bob. What's up, guys? How you doing? It's been a while. It's been a minute. No, it's been it has been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, I think we set out in January to like have you as a regular guess i think we had you on like three times what? and, th- and, and then we got th- sick of you and, and then we actually got sick of just actually being <laughs> in <laughs> here all together no we didn't uh, we didn't yeah. no we just uh, couldn't uh, get without being in your, here. your analytics must have come back and, and 3d printing and conversations with me weren't you know <laughs> getting their, their click rate that you guys wanted and uh, another guy so f- not having me back or oh, right. yeah, yeah. we'll get you on the show and then just like, crickets <laughs> oh we'll get you on the show <laughs> and then crickets and another then. guy talking about his resins are the best <laughs> It's not about the machine; it's about the materials. Oh, I gotta hear guys. about another printer. Yeah, but it is about the ma- the uh, material, isn't it? Anyways, it's it's the new wave. It's the way it's going. Absolutely, no. It's it's cool stuff. It's fun stuff. And you know, hey, Mark, you know, I have to give you full credits, man. Like you just totally like you know, lightning in a bottle gone because you know, the conversation we were having before you hit record was like top notch, and now <laughs> to come back and recreate that for the recording, you I can't. Like you can it. No, it's cool. You were talking about um, yeah. guests that you're gonna have on future podcasts. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, was, I was talking about uh, yeah. So last week I had a conversation with, with Rob Lejeur Jr. Um, he's uh, one of the founders of Full Contour and Full Contour started off in Arizona as a full functioning and I'm hoping getting, I'm getting this right but a full functioning dental lab is him his father Rob Lejeur Sr. and uh, one or two brothers of his and years ago they saw the writing on the walls as to where dentistry was going being digital and they closed down the full functioning you know um, lab and opened up as purely a design service. That's and pretty they grew wild. That business over time, uh, just you know, doing digital designs for dent- dentists, for dental labs, and then a, a while ago too, they were acquired by Three Shape. So now it's like full contour by Three Shape, and then with the investment from Three Shape, they've been able to to uh, uh, help generate and create the the automate service, which is again AI designed crowns, AI designed night guards, and that AI designed application is going to probably continue to expand for be it dentures or you know everything else that kind of could be currently designed. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a really good, we had, we had a really well-rounded conversation. And I think we're going to do more talking about like the family business dynamic that he, that he operated in. You know, how do you like, you know, how do you <laughs> tell your dad you're wrong? And then also like, you know, come home at Christmas dinner. And there There's usually dad. a spanking after that, isn't there? Right, well, hey, <laughs> n- not anymore. And so, you go to your yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Considering I'll wait. I outweigh my dad by 50 pounds, so that probably won't go well. <laughs> You're giving us spankings. Anyways. Yeah, yeah it, it's, uh, it, it's switched. Um, and then we're also you know, talking about like, you know, like, what's it like to, to run a business and, and to be a president and still like, you know, leadership, but also like, uh, just the, 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 the dynamics in a business. And uh, we're talking about, uh, I mentioned a book that I was reading that I'm, or I'm listening to. Um, it sounds more impressive if I say I'm reading a book. Than I know, right? To a yeah. book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're on a beach with a, like a Mai Tai, right? Maybe, but, right? Who but knows? in reality, you're driving down the road <laughs> listening to it on audio tape, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what oh, I'm yeah. doing. Uh, I actually said tape there, audio tape. I really, I, I, I aged myself that's there. That's an A-track. Carry on. Tyler is the oldest person on this uh, episode <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, actually. <laughs> I got to color my hair. Yeah. Hey, you look great, man. 
Thank you. Fantastic. I, I love it. how you like you just kind of give him a little shot and then you butter him up after. Yeah. That's really nice. He knows I'm very vain, so he yeah. keeps me in check. <laughs> I, 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 you, know, you look good for a guy your age. Is what I should. Say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was waiting for that. You did. I was counting that down. I'm like three, two, two. one. There it is. There you go. Bob wins. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. And so hey, we were and like, hey, like you know, we can talk. Of, I don't. I don't think we want to get into too many details or specifics, but like, you know, we've all you know, worked for companies and seen experiences and, and just uh, uh, situations that have just not been handled well. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about coming from the leadership side. How do you like instill this and how do you create trust and, you know, the, the environment you want in your business? And uh, I was just drawing, um, you know, um, allusions from this book that I'm, I'm listening to. Um, uh, Rules, no rules. I think is the title. It's the whole Netflix book by Reed, Reed Hastings, founder of Netflix, and uh, they have some pretty cool stuff, pretty crazy stuff that kind of just flies in the face of things I've experienced in businesses and things you've heard about. Uh, a lot of trust, um, and but again, it, it uh, they, they they believe in the people they've hired. There's they, mm-hmm. they a high expectation for the people they've hired, but again, it seems to really um, uh, transform into innovation into um, a lot of good things uh, in business. So, we, anyways, mm. so rules, no rules. I mean, like uh, this, this fascinates me. Like because we all know, well, most of us know the story of Reed Hastings, where uh, wasn't he the guy who was uh, kind of PO'd at Blockbuster back in the day with his late late fees and said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a business to take these guys out of the game, and that's basically what happened, right? Well, they actually went to Blockbuster at one point before Netflix was profitable. Right. And I think they were burning like fifty million a year or something yeah. in uh, in seed money, mm-hmm. and they went and they wanted uh, Netflix to buy them out, and and the story goes that Netflix kind of like laughed them out of the room because mm-hmm. uh, Netflix was, was this giant and Blockbuster. Uh, you mean Blockbuster laughed them out of the room? Sorry, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah so Blockbuster laughed them out of the room. Yeah, because uh, Blockbuster was the giant, and they didn't think they needed them, or you know, why would we do it? Um, we have this business model. Um, and apparently, one of the reasons someone went to Blockbuster, a head office guy, and said, "Look, we should look at doing a subscription service like Netflix or like these other services." And Blockbuster apparently said no because they had twelve to thirteen percent of their bottom line revenue was due to late fees, and they were scared that if they went to a subscription service, they're going to lose that late fee. So they they were actually wow. banking on twelve twelve percent profit on having customers pissed off. Oh yeah. man, they, they want those late fees. Well, it's so they funny now. Yeah. Now they don't have any of those anything. No. So, no. So yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Like one example that that Reed Hastings gives in the book is before they were public, um, they would share quarterly results, like you know how many new subscribers do they have a month, you know how much revenue per month, or you know um, all this stuff. And the question came once they went public: Does he still continue to share that information with his employees? Being, you know, this is insider information. This could be, you know, um, used for insider trading. Of course, uh, yeah. It's vulnerable. Wall Street doesn't want that, obviously, <clears throat> and you have to protect the company. And Reed Hastings said, "No, we're going to continue to give these numbers to our employees mm-hmm. before we give it to Wall Street." But everyone in the company knows if you use this information or if you share this information, it's used by someone else. Um, you're going to jail. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, so he, he, and it's he, pretty he, easy to track that information. Sorry? That's easy. That's easy information to track too. Like yeah, exactly. So so he's he's trusting his people, and he even said in the, in the book like he knows at some point someday this information is going to be you know um, uh, misused and and and, and uh, they'll have to deal with it, but they'll deal with it at the time. 
the other thing that's interesting that they do at Netflix is they actually encourage their team members or employees to go and interview and with uh, headhunters or even other companies because one thing that they do is they believe in uh, talent density. So they want to have you know a smaller team but really high density, high quality team. And they, they're, they're, I think their uh, baseline is to pay 10% over market for your particular position. And so if you go to uh, a job interview and, and at a competitor, first of all, if you don't tell the boss, that is you know, um, a validation, an abuse of trust. But if you say, hey, look, you know, these guys are going to take me out for lunch. The first thing that your manager would say to you is like, okay, find out what they're going to pay you. And if they come back and they, hey, I got this job offer, they're going to pay me, you know, X percent more than what I'm making. That becomes a new baseline and you just got yourself a raise. So uh, I would actively be like applying everywhere. <laughs> right? Wouldn't you? The guy before you offered me this much, what are you offering like, me? Every month you're like upping your, your, your pay. There must be a cap on that. Yeah, but there, there, well, there has to be something, and again, it has to be validated. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're breezing over the, the, the yeah. other systems in place. Yeah. But, but if you're good at what you do, I, I, I like can just imagine management going, I think we should just let Frank go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They, they, again, don't forget, too, like how many companies hire people and just hire warm bodies to fill a role because they feel like they need something, right? Well, yeah. here's the thing. like it's It's hard to find even warm bodies right now for multiple different industries well i think in that situation too like if you're if you're overqualified or if you're a qualified employee you don't have time to be shopping around all the time for a new job like like you're committed to your job it's like yeah maybe once every couple of years you'll look around and go yeah no there's nothing better great i'm gonna get back to work so yeah exactly and and so um and and again like you you can't we're, we're talking broad strokes right now and you can't you know can't uh apply everything directly to to every situation but Again, they, they believe in you know high density quality people. Mm-hmm. They want to pay their people well so that people aren't tempted by a simple thing as money, because mm-hmm. they realize that it costs money to replace good people and it, to be constantly going through that hiring process. Mm-hmm. They also believe though in 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 proactively you know r- removing people, firing people when they're not a right fit, mm-hmm. and so um, but also paying those people high severances to just again it, it's it's part of the. the we're going to pay you a lot up front, but if we have to get rid of you, we're going to do it. We're not going to be remorseful about it, but we're going to you know, just give you a good severance package. Um, but it's just, it's interesting. Um, they actually have lower turnover than the industry average. Mm-hmm. And so it costs them less money for, through attrition and through training and hiring new people. Um, and there's, there's just a lot of trust that goes you know, to the C-suite, um, which I think in a lot of businesses, there's, there's a lot of distrust uh, towards the C-suite and towards the leadership. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, anyways, it's, it's an interesting book. Uh, I've not done it yet by any means. Uh, I recommend mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. It sounds cool. So what does rules, no rules mean? Well, I think it's no rules, rules. Oh, no rules, rules. Okay, got it. Yeah, so I, I like, like that. The, the oh. rules, what having no rules, I think is kind of like the, the, the gist of it. What's really interesting about Netflix right now is they're in a lot of trouble. They're losing a lot of market share to other streaming well, I services. The, yeah, I just think that, I, I think I'm the market's getting flooded. Yeah. yeah, and I, and I'm thinking because I'm just trying to I'm trying to look it up right now to find out when the book was actually written. Yeah, like and they are in a lot of trouble right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, so and that's that that's kind of like a, a good analogy for like what's actually happening out there, like coming up with an idea. You know, there are a lot of other folks jumping onto that same idea and 
slightly making it better or different or going off on a different tangent. There's there's well, a Netflix lot of that changed happened. the game and then everyone's like, okay, well now somebody vetted it and they changed the game. Now yeah. everyone flood runs to that market going, well, you know, now there's Amazon Prime, there's yeah. Hulu. There, I mean, Hulu's been around. Well, I like time. to think of it like like music, right? Like you had Elvis Presley, like rock and roll, right? Now, how many different types of rock and roll are there, right? So it's the next generation of people taking this initial genre and then making their own piece out of it. And if you look at rock and roll as a whole, you know, Elvis Presley owned rock and roll. Now it's owned by all these other genres to make up this one nucleus, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's why they had to get into production, right? Like, yeah, shows are being shot here in Vancouver, all over the place, by Netflix. Well, like you know, their own you know, studio. right now it's it's a battle for content. It's whoever has. So I don't know if you guys are following, but there's. Um, there's these volumes they call them volumes where you you walk onto a set and it's a 360 degree projection oh yeah, this is really cool like the mandalorian was all filmed like this and the reason they do that is they can speed up the production something like by 60 percent have so you seen these things bob i have i've seen a few things just like the makings of and basically it's a high quality definition yeah curved screen yeah so yeah. instead of having again like uh, a green street green or a backdrop mm -hmm. it's actually video yeah and then they control the lighting and and entirely you know more about this than i do but i, I have kind of seen this a little bit yeah but mm -hmm. i didn't realize it, it speeds up production but well you got to think about it like this bobby like say they had to go retake a scene right yeah they don't have to reset up the whole scene. They might like you put the costumes on and the and the makeup, but you walk out into that z very second that they need to capture in that yeah. scene. It is unbelievable. Yeah, it's really cool. <coughs> and and it the screen is around, but like it's 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 actually a like the actors are actually inside a th they call it a volume, right? So the actors are actually inside of this 3D volume. Which is kind of crazy. So, like, we come. So we've we've spent time selling CBCTs, yep. <laughs> right? and we talk about get, get you know getting the volume of the image, and that's what when, when we hear when I hear the word word volume, I'm yeah. like, wow, we're we're actually shooting this in 3D with like, yeah. but it's all like LED screens behind you. Um, so I, I like that they incorporate the word volume into it because it's yeah. like, wow, that is a really well, a 3D it, it, live it, it, shot in a controlled atmosphere. It is three. It's actually 4D because you got you know 3D image <coughs> over time is 4D, right? So it's really cool. Like the things that they're doing in, you know, like Disney Plus. It's all about the quality of, quality of content, and then you know, like those like Marvels and the Star Wars and all that. They, those are like staples staple stories out there. So there's a rush to specialize so there's like a whole section of netflix actually like there's a uh a south korean like you get your vpn and you can f watch their content a, a buddy of mine's dad loves south korean netflix so <laughs> like there's all these very niche it's just like the rock and roll it's like now getting chunked into all these different like categories highly yeah. specialized like if you want to watch a show about quantum physics or uh, you know with this specific a b and c topics you can find that like uh, you know but you know what's interesting is you, you see like remember when like we talk about how everything moved from blockbuster to netflix remember when Zack snyder was a cutting edge filmmaker i mean he still is i know he's always doing cool new yeah, stuff yeah, but yeah, like sure. remember when the 100 came out and like no one had ever seen a movie like that before yeah it was like 
the, was it the 100? No, sorry, the 300. Sorry, I'm mixing up my movies. Oh, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, the 100 is a good show, too. <laughs> there is a show called it's The like 100. A, it's yeah. a show on Netflix, though, I think. Um, but the 300 was where he was like, it was the first, one of the first films, I think, where they were um, merging CGI with real life. Yeah. Um, like, in almost like a 3D, like, I can't even describe how he does it, but... It's like a graphic novel an initially. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and so I got, the, I got to spend time on set watching him work, and he had... Um, when he directed, he mm. would have he looked like a quarterback, quarterback with his yeah. with his with his playbook on his wrist on his on his arm. So he had an armband, and he'd have all of his shots written out on his armband. He could flip it, and he'd look, and he'd be like, and he'd be measuring where he's shooting from. And he like, he almost it's not that he didn't care about the actors. You know, the actors were an important part of it. But and like I remember being in it, like the, the man never spoke to me. He was more worried about the shot, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like so I don't you even were in the three hundred. No, I was in uh, Watchmen. Yeah, you should see this guy's oh, abs, Watchmen, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, you should see my. I, I forgot exactly <laughs> Watchmen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like just like a little blip of a roll on it, um, and so much to the point where my line didn't even make in the movie. But my point is, watching him the way he did did stuff back then, mm -hmm. I was like, he is not directing this this picture like I've seen every other director before him. He's doing something so different. Yeah, he's like uh, in the Matrix. It blew my mind. Yeah. And so now, and that was in two thousand and eight. I want to say. So if you fast forward to now, where they're making these films in in volumes. Again, it's like it's leap years ahead of where it was. Oh, Bobby, you're you're yeah. in the, so like, how's the conversation? Oh, this is we're better now. We're back on track here. So I want to <laughs> point that out. We're meandering. We're meandering. But so like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back into business. Now we have. Let's talk about what we do. Uh, like an industry here that's adopting all of this technology. So business to me is people. People first. Yep. Secondly, systems. And then your whatever you're like the solution that you're selling. So those things working in in harmony together. Um, there's so much advancement in this technology that it's disrupting the systems, and the people are trying to keep up with the knowledge, right? So content right now is very heavy in edu like an educational um, realm, if you will. Would you not agree, Bobby? Absolutely, and uh, you know, I, th I think one thing that Desktop Health has done well over this year is, and, and starting back into you know um, last year as well, but just like the, the number of webinars that we've hosted, just again trying to educate different aspects of of three D printing in, in dentistry. And I, I can't think off the top of my head the number of, of webinars that we've hosted and posted this year, um, but it's it's quite a bit. And and again, right, getting that content out there to again educate the public because it does get confusing and there's a lot of things and it's it's pretty funny too because um, I've seen some stuff posted on on websites of, of our competition that you know they're actually taking shots at us directly mm. and they're listing wow. numbers and you know comparing comparing products and comparing materials and, and different you know values and I went back to um, our oh, of clinical strategy Dr. Wally Renee and said and I showed him a screenshot and he sent me back, you know, rebutting information that was an independent study, not, uh, you know, a, a funded internal study that was completely opposite. Oh, really? And like the data was different, like opposite, like just. Yeah, it was. So I don't have it. Oh, here it is. Perfect. OK, I got to show you this, Bobby. Okay. OK, check this out. This like. Right. OK, so winners focus on winning. Losers focus on the winners. <laughs> right there's mark like uh phelps there like getting his 100th gold medal so like yeah like 
the guys that are doing it right you're always going to have those other folks like taking shots right so keep keep focusing on winning desktop health well, yeah and, and, and you know just the fact that you know this, this website that i'm referring to you know and I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you tyler you know off air and stuff but mm -hmm. um like hey like we're, we're a small company we're a small player in, in this in this space right now you know we're, we're playing catch up in a sense like you know envision tech has been in dentistry for for many many years desktop health is still a new name or an emerging name we've gotten a lot of traction with the launch of the einstein printer a lot of traction with with flexera just sold one two weeks ago mm. hey nicely done buddy um yeah. congratulations hey you know, hey, hey all, bobby all do you congratulations think, to you and i do you think you're so smart because you're selling something named einstein <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'll be honest. Um, when I first heard the name Einstein, I I did not like it. It just it seemed to go uh, just a name that I was like, I was like really. But yeah. then it's amazing how well the markets liked it and mm. it responded to it. And um, yeah. talking to dealers and talking to customers and, and just they, they like it. And so um, so it's, it's definitely grown on me. But uh, do I feel smarter uh, selling a product based on the name? Um, probably yeah that's probably true i'm 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 super happy that you actually answered that question and, and like broke it broke it actually apart. put some thought into that question yeah thank too. you i uh, like that's why i, like, I love it. having you on bobby or, oh, we're, we're on your show right now i guess yeah well, i was hey, gonna say like yeah we're mishmashing okay cool yeah. so like where we're at too so uh, just uh, in terms of systems okay so systems there's always something new to like automate or to look at a dashboard better so implementing these things and then all of a sudden there's a, just, just this better tool to use so there's there's right. been a lot of that going on for dentists on demand the people obviously it, it's it's juggled in between our team like we're a small business as well like who's responsible for what and ensuring it's the that growing pains of being a small company yeah and then yeah. ensuring that you know we're, we're not we're there's no leaks in the bucket we're like the leaks in the bucket would be like our customers not getting taken care of and we're experiencing a little bit of that a little well, bit of growing pains and that's and that's what we've been going through in the last couple of months is that like you know when you start a company it's like it's small you're just hoping to get some business and then all of a sudden you have an influx of business and mm -hmm. you're like okay we've got all these projects to do now and now you start working on these projects and then you start realizing hey did you did you communicate this did you communicate yeah. that so then there's almost like and so now i've gone into this uh, full-time communication mode for myself to yeah. say you know what I'm taking on the role of communicator to all the customers because you're busy creating content our, our website builders are, are, are buried in websites um, our social media people are buried in social media so I'm like you know what guys like everyone now report back to me and I'm going to now communicate with the customers whereas before it was like everyone had their own projects they were working on so now it's just being a new company coming out of the gate now experiencing some growth yeah the systems need to be put in yeah, place to make exactly, sure that yeah. it was being communicated with properly. It's, you know, it's, I, I, yeah. I'm going back to my, my early university days of, of, of economics, and I forget the, 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 the proper name for this, but basically imagine a staircase, and on the, on the x-axis on the bottom, you have capacity mm -hmm. for, you know, uh, and then on the, on, on the vertical axis, you have, you've got cost. And when you're on that one particular step, you know, you have the ability to um, increase your capacity to a certain point, but then all of a sudden you get stuck, you get stalled. You can't do more with what you have. And so then you have to make, a, you know, a, a substantial in investment to uh, into your business that at, at, at day one earns you no more money, mm -hmm. but you need to make that investment to then continue to expand your capacity to perform. Totally. And yeah. as you get clients coming in, 
you're going to all of a sudden get stalled, Rose, and you guys can't do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're making good money, but all of a sudden to, to, to continue to grow, you need to make that investment, whether that's a, a, a new person or a new service or, you know, a, a, someone you bring on as contract or employee. That's a totally. big investment mm-hmm. that, uh, again, at, at day one is just purely a cost. Yeah. Because you were doing the work without them. But then that's going to give you the chance to continue to grow and evolve and, 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 and increase your your capacity for business. So but I like the same uh, for a dental office or anybody. Yeah. yeah and and I, I can't understate like the importance of the systems in place to identify those exact things. Like if you're bringing some new person into the mix and now you have this investment it's it's nice to know you know through your systems what your capacities are so that you're you're making decisions for your business based on actuality and not just like you know uh it feels right you know <laughs> there's a lot of folks out there that just shoot from the hip and i mean there's been a lot of successful people that have done that but i think in this day and age you need to have the thermometers in 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 the water to really you know know when you're throwing where where you're throwing where exactly you're throwing that next punch well and think of this too and again in looping this back into into the dental industry as well um you know w- when you're starting when a dental office is starting off with a doctor a receptionist and an assistant and they're and they're they're growing the business like th- think of the conversations that that those people have you know throughout the day throughout you know over lunch to kind of really like how are we going to grow and make this thing work and then you start to get traction and then you and so then you have you have a culture you have a, a mission you have a, a vision you have you know you know the why of the business why you want to do this where you want to go and take it but then as you add that that that, that new person now that you the, the first person who's like an outsider because they weren't there at day <laughs> one yeah now you got to bring that person into the fold and again you can bring the first person into the fold the second person into the fold mm-hmm. but then as the business gets busier and busier it's harder to do that mm-hmm. now taking this back to the the Netflix book Netflix was growing at such a rapid rate across the world mm-hmm. that they're trying to install and have the same hiring practices, look for the same quality of people, the same caliber of personnel, but also bring them in and teach them the Netflix way. So now, you, But then you end up with just like a, a disjointed, it's so easy to end up with a disjointed business where you know, the, the, you might have the why written on the wall, but no one reads it anymore. No one looks That's at right. it. That's right, yeah. But no one, it, no it, one, no one it, continues it, to live it. It's changing, and, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you have you've got to, again. I remember talking to dental offices who started that way, built a brand new clinic, small team, and it was just everyone's like you know best friends and working, and they got this 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 uh, goal in mind. Mm-hmm. But when they actually get there, they they look back and like you almost have like two um, distinct clicks in the business. You got like the, the OGs mm-hmm. who are super super tight, and then all the newbies, and it's really really hard to bring all of that together. Mm-hmm. and uh, get everyone on the same page and continue that trust, build that trust between the leadership and the, the, that's, the newest hire. Like the, yeah, that's the, the, pro, that's, the, the that's, personality that's, profile stuff comes into play too. Those cliques don't happen if there's good leadership. And um, every, like that, the people first portion of those three pillars, so people, systems, your solution, the, the people first portion is managers are supposed to take care of that leadership is supposed to take care of that and i think you know as you grow these these three things they they grow as well so keeping those three things in line is i think the key to growing a successful business i but i I think there's such a huge um challenge right now in the market for everybody on not having enough people yes so like 
Bob, you're in Edmonton. You're all over the country. Like, what? Like, what are you seeing out there? Like, is everybody just strapped for people? What? Like, do we know why there's such a shortage of people? Like, before COVID, I know we were kind of short on people before COVID, but it just seemed to really exacerbate it once we got into this pandemic situation. Well, we we so talk like, about OGs. Like, there's been a like a mass, um, you know, retirement going any, on. Like, too. like for somebody who travels across the country with with desktop health, like. Is there something, are there indicators that you're seeing out there that says, okay, th- th- I get, I think, aha, I think I know why this is happening. Well, it's, it's funny. Uh, the indicators I'm going to talk about actually aren't from my travels, but actually just from, <laughs> actually, I think it's from TikTok. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, Mark, you, you talked, you, t- you mentioned a, a big thing that this, this mass reti- retirement and, and, you know, mm-hmm. we've all heard of the whole, the mass resignation. Uh, the, the new term that's kind of out there now is the, 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 the quiet quitting. Which is basically mm-hmm. people, that, and, and quiet quitting is, is not really, as I understand it, not a true like representation of what it, it's not. People aren't aren't quitting, but it's just like people, employees know that there's a lack of employees, and that businesses are struggling for people. So now the people are less likely to take on tasks outside of their job description, and less likely to go air quotes that extra mile, because it's adding stress to their life, but not they're not getting compensated for it. So they're just kind of they're, they're staying in their lanes. They're doing the bare minimum. They're not you know not putting themselves out there the way people may have in the past because employees aren't seeing the benefit or haven't seen the benefit to do so. Um, going back to the the pool of people available to work, there's there's a number of factors and I'm, I'm going to miss some of them, but you know, over the past two three years uh, for this pandemic, you know first of all. There's a, a fairly substantial number of Canadians who and, and Americans in the U.S. who, who you know, passed away due to COVID. Yeah, so there's, there's a drop in the workforce. There's also a larger number who um, have apparently, you know, are suffering from long COVID. So for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they ha- are still unable to work because of symptoms that they acquired through the pandemic. And also, um, Bobby, uh, like I'm going to throw in there too, and it's kind of like the dark thing that I don't know why we're not talking more about. Is is the fentanyl crisis too? It's killing lots of young people, as and well. No, so so add, add that to the list. Absolutely. Yeah. So so you have you, you have you got you know fentanyl overdoses across the country are up, um, and on top of that, um, something that's not really COVID related, but um, is is the retirement. So we are mm-hmm. also, if you look at the population size and the population density, we are at the tail end of the baby boomer generation, yeah. where those people are now like mass retiring out of positions because just again where the where the population numbers were and so now you have people simply leaving the workforce because they're getting to the getting to the age of 55 60 65 and you ha- don't have the backfill opportunity mm-hmm. and on top of the whole another thing for um this kind of the pandemic related is you've had lower immigration numbers over the past two three years because yep. again the borders were shut down yeah so you have less people immigrating into canada who are you know particularly Know, skilled in particular um, areas of workforce and so again, that's probably the largest one actually i was going to say that's that's I a think really that good is, point i think that's the largest piece actually yeah. Um, yeah. immigration so it's, yeah it's not that people are just you know um, at home bored trying to collect serb and just like live off ei and mm-hmm. are lazy um that's that's too simple of, a, of an explanation and that's not accurate I don't superficial believe. yeah um but it, it's, it's, it's always easy to blame it on the, on the young generation <laughs> so they, they don't want to work these guys don't want to work yeah uh, well, really, so those are probably guys Tyler's age work really hard, though. <laughs> 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 you 
Yes, we do, Mark. I'm just kidding. Um, I walked the school uphill both ways in the you know, three <laughs> right. feet of snow. How do you do I that? It's, it's all the Earth's right. access or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, wore a, I wore a loincloth <laughs> to school. So here's like, I, I think <laughs> there is an argument and a great opportunity for automation. And well, this in, is kind of where I was going like, with it. So like I'm trying to build, like, build automation in our business and help dentists build automation into their business to you know to fill in that void for now like as soon as those folks come back and and refill those positions i think now you're looking at a situation where you look at i look at this is like i look at these tasks as low value tasks right so do you want people to be sitting and just like finger mashing emails all day or do you want a system to do that for you and then when it comes time to somebody interested in having an actual conversation the system alerts okay this person wants to have a conversation now you're you know you're picking up the phone and having high value conversations and allowing with somebody who hasn't yeah. to buy and i mean there's that's a, a pretty you know broken way of, of of explaining automation but now you're throwing things like you know artificial intelligence into the mix as well so now not only do you have these systems in place doing these low volume tasks they're actually taking that data and helping you make at a high value task level allowing you to make the absolute most precise decisions um it, it, like if if you're not and and it'll be the folks and the businesses that implement this type of technology into their into their business now that come out of all of this craziness on top. It's the ones, the analog folks that are still like getting this out. The I've done it for forty years. Getting it out the Rolodex and like. Is it can it can a printer help with um, if you're short staffed? Yeah, I know. I truly believe Simply put, great the, question. The thing that I was actually thinking of, of bringing up, and, and, and it rolls into printing, absolutely. But Rob, uh, not Rob, sorry, but uh, Mark, you mentioned it was uh, was AI. Yeah. And and it's it's not just in dentistry, but it is in dentistry. And this yeah. is the thing that, that this Rob Leisure Jr. and I spoke about was again this you know the the um, starting of AI in dentistry, being at their their automate design services. And it, you know, it's about, and, it's, and he sent me a link to a to a, a TED talk, and I'll share it with you guys after, and you guys can post it. Or, mm. um, but it's this gentleman talking about how AIs, you know, can really make a positive impact on on the world. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about just again, the basically what it comes down to is the creative tasks, the leadership tasks will always need to be done by people. Mm -hmm. But again, it's these low, uh, you know, mundane tasks, repeatable tasks that, that mm -hmm. AI can take over and adopt. And so what they're doing for dentistry right now is, again, there's a huge shortage of, and, you know, our knowledge for dentistry really is clinical side. You know, we don't really spend too much. And I guess how you've got some access and some experience on the lab side. We both do. a huge, huge yeah. shortage of, of lab techs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big market. time. And the, yeah. other, the other reality, too, is lab techs graduating today have almost zero CAD CAM, you know, digital skills. Yeah, it's cr it's crazy. Yeah. Like all analog or vast majority of analog. So you graduate uh, yeah. as a brand new lab tech and you get hired by a lab and they sit you down in front of a computer with a mouse and keyboard mm -hmm. and they say go to work and you're like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, You're still used to you know, packing and, and doing it, uh, the analog way. It's the same so thing with our, our clinicians too, like dental schools. It's, it's well, very heavy, the, the it's very heavy traditional 
you know, hands-on types. It was probably within about learned, five or six, maybe five years ago, we put the first CAD CAM system into a school locally here. And I remember yep. when it happened because I was like, okay, well, it's about time. Like, I remember when I sort of started working with Henry Schein in 2012, 2013, and going into these institutions being like, well, you guys really need a scanner in here. Like, you need to start bringing some of this new technology into these schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't until probably about three or four years later that it actually started happening, which was shocking to me. I forget the year, but I started working at Henry Schein in 2000, September 2009, and it was within my time at Henry Schein that the University of Alberta started teaching Rotary Endo. Wow. Wow. So when I, and I forget what year it was, I don't know when it started, uh, but there's a point there. So around the 2009, 2010 area, they were still teaching hand and hand file endo That's at wild. university. Yeah. And, and so, so, um, again, and so tech schools are, are the exact same place right now. They're not, they, they're not, they've not adopted the technology. Yeah. And, and I kind of, I get it in a sense in regards to institutions like you're not sure what technology is going to survive, what brand, what company. There, there, there's a cost to it, um, but um, again, people are graduating without the skills that they need to operate in the yeah. current industry. And so, and and the trajectory is like for technology is like this, and you know it's like this, and then we're throwing AI. It's going to be like this. So I like to I like to think about about this this realm like this. I love sitting in the hot tub. I, like I have a hot tub at home, so my, my the traditional way of finding out like if I'm, if I'm gonna here, if know. I'm gonna sit in the hot tub, you know the the traditional way is like you dip your finger in there. Oh, I like the the temperature is great. The next piece of technology was the thermometer. I, okay, so this feels good. This is 101. I know next time I want to sit in here, this 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 hot tub's 101 Celsius or Fahrenheit, right? So where we're at now is with AI and all this technology, we can go. On your phone, I like the hot tub 101. The hot tub, you know, the app, the software that's running alongside the hot tub knows when you're home and knows when you're not home and knows your schedule, knows the temperature outside. So now you're using the least amount of energy and it knows when you're getting into that hot tub. So now you don't have to do anything. You can drive you know you go on vacation the hot tub turns off because you don't want to use that electricity you could be driving home from work and the hot tub knows that you're going to sit in the hot tub in like in an hour after dinner and you go out there and it's that 101 fahrenheit so not we where do you where do you start with this stuff and you know do we just do we just keep it at the well guys if you feel it like this that's 101 fahrenheit like you have to where do we dive in like where's the base where do, where's the base point? So I'm going to give the... Mark, the, Mark, the f- Mark, real quick, sorry, Mark. I just, I just want to thank you for that analogy. That do you, you like that? I'm going to give you an, another analogy that goes right <laughs> along with that. We talk about analog. Yeah. So we know the story about putting the frog in, in water. Yeah. And if you incrementally turn the heat up, the frog will eventually not realize like yeah. the, the frog will stay in the water until it turns It'll into boil, boiling yeah. Yeah. well here's the thing down. like i didn't so want to kill any f- i'm not done with my analogy i didn't want to kill any frogs in my no, analogy no. man that's fine i'm just kidding but keep going so what's the frog in that scenario uh it's the analog technician right there you go oh yeah beautiful the frog is the analog technician <laughs> oh i like that yeah. i like that thank they're, you they're they're gonna boil i should shut up i should shut up more and listen to you no i was just saying i'm <laughs> like let me hit the let me hit the punchline and no, then we can great. move on let's move on does, okay uh, here's, does anybody actually listen to us <laughs> i i hope i don't know no I just, uh, you know 
it's I, I'm joking. I, um, but but again, what AI can do in dentistry is AI can take care of the, the low hanging fruit. That's right. What printing yeah. can do in dentistry is, is it gives an office or a clinician the chance to take control over aspects of their practice that the practice that previously they weren't able to do that. Okay, so so, so tangible so, example, like so printer, like how does it ease the workload for the clinician or for the technician? I mean, the technician we know what I mean, just but you can just rattle off some like what are some indications. The biggest number one indication for 3D printing in dentistry still is night guards. Okay. So mm. there's a means to, um, you know, you know, provide a warranty for for the restorations that you're doing uh, by saying, look, you you buy and wear this night guard. You know, I'm confident that this crown that I place is not going to break, and we can we can warranty this. Um, it is an uh, opportunity to, um, you know, again bring that control into the practice, um, and also the greatest thing with 3D printing is I, I, one of the, I shouldn't say the greatest thing, but one thing that's really neat is it allows a practice to be profitable when it's reasonable, when, it, when a practice should be profitable for a service or app, you know, appliance that they provide. It also allows the practice to be charitable when they want to be. Uh, the, the, the reality is um, manufacturing costs of 3D printing is extremely low. When you look at material costs that, that a person, once they've invested in the printer, once they've bought the bottle of resin that they're looking to do, the time to print, the time to process, the cost of, that actually goes into creating a night guard or creating a denture or a crown is, is exceptionally low. Um, right, and and I, and I think those and the, those products are going to are, are are high quality products, and I think they're going to continue to get better and evolve over time. And I think businesses should be rewarded for taking investment into technology. So again, they can they're they're investing in the technology, so they should be able to charge similar or higher prices based on the service that they're providing. So again, mm. you should charge more for a single single day crown because you're saving the patient, you know, two trips to the to the dentist. There's a value there. Hmm, so again, totally. if you want this thing paid, uh, um, done in one day, that should be a premium product, in my opinion. Or if someone lost um, their denture or broke their denture, right? Can I ask? Yeah. I'm going to ask a follow-up question on on this topic. I'll, I'll let you finish. Uh, so, th- but again, printing and uh, bringing this manufacturing in office allows you to be charitable when it's when the time is right. You've already made the money in the case. Maybe you have you want to do a, a charitable case. Maybe someone just can't afford the proper treatment that they would really want or you would want them to have. But again, you have this technology and you have the ability to um, perform a procedure and offer a restoration or, or, or um, an appliance at a cost far below market But mm. you, because you have the ability to do so. You're not incurring a, a multi-hundred dollar lab bill by having a lab prepare it for you. You're printing it in-house, you're manufacturing in-house. So again... You can be profitable when it's when it's reasonable, but again, when you you can be charitable when you want to be charitable when the timing is right. So, it's something that currently doesn't exist if you don't have that manufacturing in house. Speaking of charities, well, let me I, let me ask. I got to ask my oh, he's my got question. a question. Yeah. That's right. Um, sorry. Um, so that was very comforting. So uh, that was very a very comforting moment. Thank you. I I I'm comforted, I, I, I value you. <laughs> See, that's the people. That's <laughs> that I'm under arrest. That's the, the people part of our business. You know that is it, is it true that when you're <laughs> under arrest, the police officer has to touch you? They maybe, have, to, they have to touch you and say you're under arrest. Am I under arrest here? No, is I'm it just like saying. Tag so, I think so. I think they actually have to physically say you're under arrest. They have to. They have to. Um, what's the word? Uh, hold on to you. Oh, hmm. I'll I'll see the next time I'm getting retain you, know, you. getting uh, handcuffs. So. And so, anyways, so <laughs> we're we're all good friends with our with our labs and our and our registered dental technicians. So they they have this this idea that like nobody in house is going to be able to like in a clinic is going to be able to produce an appliance a crown as good as they can do it. 
Um, secondly, the who, office... Who, who has that perception? Labs do? Labs do. Yep. So they also have the perception that, you know, nobody's going to want to run this equipment. They don't have the people, the, the manpower to run these pieces of equipment. Um, I have my own opinions on that, obviously. What what are you seeing, Bobby, in terms of that stuff? Like, And what would you say to the laboratories? Like, is this... Should should they be worried about their night guard business, about their posterior crown business? Like, what are your thoughts there? Well, well what I'm going to say is, is not necessarily, it's not my opinion. I, I, I echo it. I, I think it makes sense. It's actually what I've heard from a, a very uh, prominent lab owner in the United States. And basically, for years, and Tyler, I'm sure you've um, witnessed this or experienced this. You know, you talk to a dentist about CAD CAM, bringing a scanner, potentially a mill in. And they say, oh, yeah, sounds great. And the first thing they do is they go back to their lab. And the lab poo-poos and says it's not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there, there's there's been a big shift in business, I think, and not just in dentistry, but in a lot of businesses. We see it, it's people are becoming more more collaborative, more sharing of information, more open. I and agree it, with it's that. It's allowed a lot more people to to grow and and develop. Mm-hmm. And if you know, obviously, a lab has a very specific set of skills and talents and knowledge, and and that that information is sought after and it's respected and by all means it's well earned and deserved um that being said um with technology and the advancing of technology you know there's lo- there's now low-hanging fruit that are easy for offices to capture without mm-hmm. the use of a lab again if you look at a, a proposal of a seric crown on a cad cam system the ai proposal or whatever the proposal system is is pretty good for a single unit mm-hmm. and so like let the office do that and, and this yeah. again this goes back to it's not my opinion this is from a, a, a very prominent lab owner mm-hmm. share that help help encourage the offices to to take on milling take on printing take on mm-hmm. this stuff do the low-hanging fruit because I, i'm pretty sure a lab owner does not want to make his millions you know doing single unit crown restorations for his entire life he wants to do can i juicy uh, stuff. can can i jump in here yeah, so this is this is pretty standard across laboratories, and I've seen this number represented um, across some very prominent, like well-established laboratories here in, in Canada. Like single-unit business is like seventy-five, eighty percent of the laboratory's revenue. Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Whatever. <laughs> that's a that's a significant. I'm going to stick with seventy. Okay. Okay, and, and so that's. An, I'm r- it's a number I'm not aware of, but and yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I trust that you say that. Yeah, um, you should. I've seen it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I guess what I have, I'm getting to is, is again, um, growing and collaborating with, with with dental offices to allow them to do certain aspects. Because again, I guess my my thought is this: um, you've got two options. You can have one lab who would say, um, "Don't do it. Let me do all the work for you." Or even another lab that says, yeah, let's collaborate and let's work on this. Mm-hmm. I guess my question to you is, um, are people going to st- are dental offices going to stick with that lab who is insisting on doing all the work and not yeah. go and shop and not look at CAD CAM? Can you expect yeah. the dentist not to con- consider bringing this technology into their office? Yeah, I, I think, think you, I think you have to expect that they will bring it into their mm-hmm. office, and the lab that is refusing to share and collaborate. Mm-hmm is going to lose that business that's the fraud i think um there there's there's an argument that um you know the dentist they need the they need the technician um in this one particular case i won't i'm not going to mention names but there was a serac doctor who milled a full anterior case 
and this picture went around this laboratory and their faces were white like they couldn't believe that they put these serac milled anterior teeth into this human it looked like you know there's an art form in 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 the in the ceramics and like the the you know the the layering and all that's like wah um is there is there like is there a line that we'll draw that you know machines will never be able to do like that art form i like a posterior teeth all day long like mill me that you know mill me that uh you know that molar get it in my mouth as quickly as possible i'm cool with that but um will will the the technology will it replace will it be able to replicate i sh i should say that art form well and, and so this goes back to the, the, this video that I'll, I'll share with you guys later but i would say no like, like for, for ai to advance to the point where it's replicating like a full anterior design case for for a dental office application i think that's many many years away can ai design a single unit posterior crown yeah i think it can do that can ai design a very simple you know uh, night guard for a patient yeah i think it can do that now if you want to all of a sudden you know um make it more add la layers of complexity to the design for again making it an interior case making it a multi-unit case making the the night guard more into a sleep app um, apparatus that would you know um keep the the mouth open at a certain angle and yet and whatnot like that's going to require skills that ai can't do sure um, yeah. and and so again so there's but again like let those if you're going to being open to sharing and collaborating, I think, yeah. is probably one of the most important things to be, continue to be relevant and, and successful. If you yeah. try to hoard and protect and be very protectious of your information you have, I, I think people are just going to go elsewhere because other people are sharing. Yeah. And it's going to be, uh, be more difficult that way. Yeah. I, I was playing the devil's advocate there. Um, and these, quest these, like these questions are happening, like this, this conversation is happening. Um, and, and I'll add to that too, like this stuff isn't slowing down. It's not going to be stopped. 3D printing and, and, and that technology is going to take over not only the dental industry, but multiple other industries. Eventually, everyone will have a 3D printer in their house. 3D printing in a, in a number of years, and it's not going to be overnight. But 3D printing, I, I kind of joke, is like right now it's extremely cool because it's 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 it's, it's kind of niche and nuance, and it's it's yeah. you know, it's, it's new and it's like Star Trek, you know, it's a whole new world. Well, it's it's like your your buddy that just got the Commodore 64 like personal home computer like in the early 90s, right? Like, but eventually, so many so many products that we use and every day will become 3D printed because again, it's just a more uh, it's, it's a, as the technology grows, it's, it's a more economical, yeah. you know, environmentally friendly. Or, um, well, what do they call uh, it? S subtractive manufacturing versus additive. additive yeah. yeah. Right. It's always so going to be less. less yeah. It's going to be so abundant. It's going to be everywhere that it's not going to be cool anymore because it's mm -hmm. not going to be you know niche. It's going to be so yeah. uh, wide scale. Uh, like it's going to be this, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, imagine that phone. How how cool that phone would have been back in like the during the the Apollo space race. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah like and, and more how, computing like, power. Know, I'm a nerd, so like I I I factored. I, I one did the, like one time did the calculation like what it took Apollo 11 to put humans on the moon, like the the 
all of the computing power it took to do that like this phone is something on the the range of like 1.5 million times more powerful like this phone in my pocket i'm gonna do a sharp left turn here uh so <laughs> i think that there's like a we talk about automation with printing and i think like i like to draw some parallels between what we're doing with dennis on demand yeah, and what you guys are doing with printing so like automation workflow making it easy trying to like minimize redundancies trying to take a lot of the human elements out of it and by human i mean the mundane stuff that you don't you know you if you can replace with an auto like an automation automated workflow then by all means do it so i think you guys do that with printing and i think i just want to draw a parallel to us and say we're mm. also trying to do that within the dennis on demand workflow to say you know what your your marketing doesn't need to be I fit, you know, a half hour conversation mm. plus, you know, two, uh, waiting two weeks, two weeks for a fix on mm. something you need done. So, um, we're really trying to, to create that workflow as, as well within what we do. Dive into oh, charities. Oh, charities. I wanna, I wanna well, I, sorry, I just want to make that, that distinction because we talked about that at the start of the, uh, the, the start of the hour where it was like, Hey man, there's this whole automation component. Well mm -hmm. now with Dennis on demand, we have the search engine. So now you yeah. can find a dentist. You can go in there. We make it very easy for you to yeah. like scroll through the dentist in your area and say, you know what? I'm look, I have the ability to look at five different dentists in my neighborhood. Mm. <clears throat> look at the video that these guys have made for them, see who they are, make a decision. And then like within, you know, a minute or two, you have an understanding as to why you go to this dentist over that dentist. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily because that dentist is better than this dentist. It's more like, hey, you know what? I identify more with this person. They're five, they're closer to my house. They, um, they do, uh, they accept insurance at the point of sale, which for, <laughs> which is, which is a big one for, for a lot of people, it's right? Huge, yeah. To, to yep, do the insurance there is, is a big one. So, um, so for us with, with the automation side of things, that's really, um, like at the heart of what we do uh, in terms of like, you know, bringing a dentist, like bringing them the marketing services they need, mm -hmm. getting their name out there and doing it in a way that's, that's faster, easier, and a lot more potent. And by potent, I mean having guys like Mark and myself, yeah. not just putting up a bunch of numbers like likes and followers and all that no, stuff. The vanity. The, the yeah. vanity metrics. Yeah. But actually, if you sign on to be a Dennis on Demand customer, we're not just going to help you with that stuff, but we're going to help find you buyers who actually have intention to buy who are really looking for a dentist in your area yeah instead of getting you a thousand likes we might get you 10 people that are actually legitimately needing a dentist today and and not just that but uh like to to make it more granular if a dentist wants to do more ortho or you know invisalign or full cosmetics the systems that we've built into our engine our patient finding engine we can turn a couple switches on and find those people out there obviously it, it works a lot like this like the general you know gp hygiene stuff there's an abundance of those folks if you're looking for the folks that just you know that they they want that full mouth uh they're you know the full cosmetic case done there they're there they won't be as like abundance of those types of people so finding those folks is it is an art form um, yeah, so like for example, if you're in Vancouver, you want cosmetic dentistry done. There's a lot of cosmetic dentists. If you live out in the burbs, an hour out of the city, mm. there's a lot less cosmetic dentists. So how do you know when living in a city in a town like Van in, in a town like Langley, how do you look for a good cosmetic dentist? Yeah, well, it's there's there's systems in place that 
I'm looking at from the dentist's perspective, finding those people out there. And there are tools that help you find those people out there and connect those people to your practice. That's what Dentist on Demand really is, yeah. um, in a nutshell. Just listening to you guys talk to and the kind of thing that kind of came into my mind is that you know, human interaction at this point really is, is, a, is a premium value. I and, agree. And it's, but it's, yes. it's also a premium cost for a business too. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take a person and if you're going to uh, put them into a task that you know is restricting them from actually talking to potential buyers and potential like you know uh, new patients or uh, clientele, uh, but you take you take them out of that arena to do a more of a mundane task. There's a high cost to that. Mm-hmm. You need those people totally. to be available to you know have those in-person interactions because again, think we are all consumers. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, we're not just dental patients, but we are consumers and we're consuming all the time. And you're wearing, you're, you're weighing that consuming option as to like, you know, yes, of course, if something, if we're in pain, we need treatment. But if you're talking about, you know, um, enrolling for regular hygiene and recall for a dental office, you know, you are committing resources to do that. And we are a consumer and we are comparing the cost as to do I want that new iPhone or do I need to go in and, and, uh, you know, get that next appointment. Um, so again, having systems in place, having services via AI, via, um, you know, SAS programs, SAS programs, you know, that they can do the mundane, that, that give the resources, make the resources available when they are needed, those human resources to interact with a future potential client or patient. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, that's where I see technology going and the opportunity that allows us. Fully. Is to, yeah. to, to make those, you know, again, our best people available to have those interactions when they're needed hmm. as opposed to simply like again submitting insurance claims like the fact that you have to take resources human resources <laughs> to do that um I, I did a podcast um a few weeks ago um with a guy um he's, he's based in canada but he's working for a company in the u.s it's not in canada yet but basically it's an ai um insurance claim platform um zentis i think the company is called oh, oh, yeah. we talked we talked to zentis yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Cena, right? Cena yeah. from Zentit. And, and so anyways, um, again, like, it's a brilliant why, platform, by the way. It sounds amazing. unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and again, like he, he, he couldn't say as to when it would be coming to Canada. Um, but again, um, human resources. And again, you talk about people and, and again, go back to, you're, you're talking about how labs are 70% single crown in bridge. Okay. That's, that's great. That's the business model that's working. But when you look at the, the average age of a lab tech in North America is, at retirement age and the amount of lab people coming into the industry are far down far below labs are it's not going to be a matter of like labs going out of business labs are going to be able to find people the work is there and maybe instead so instead of having lab techs do single unit crown and bridge maybe that's something that ai can take over Mm -hmm. and then the the fewer lab techs that exist in the market that, that you actually have working in a lab you need those people to do the artistic creative problem solving cases that you know, obviously, your your GP with a CEREC was not able to do in an, in the interior zone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the workload is going to shift, <clears throat> and maybe Crown and Bridge continues to be seventy percent of the income for a lab, but just that seventy percent is now generated through AI design mm-hmm. as opposed to a lab tech. Because again, the, the real human lab techs are, are doing the harder cases that require the human mind to problem solve. Yeah, and again, for, Planning for your business and, or yeah. for other businesses. You have you've got you've got chatbots that are you know well programmed, well you know, um, evolved you know AI chat systems 
that can have entry-level conversations with patients to get them to sign up and get them to book an appointment. But when you need someone to talk to a person about closing a large case and why this is important and why it's, it's in their best interest of their oral health and how it's going to help their self-esteem and mm-hmm. how they feel about themselves by, based on how their smile looks, you now have that human person, that human capital available to have that conversation. Yeah, fully. And you've got the automation in place to say, you know, to speak to a human, you know, for lack of better words. And I think know, it's this box. A, trans, it transcends just connection to like, I can't remember where I heard this term. So there was, I, oh, who was it? I'll, it'll come to me like tonight. But anyways, so when you're in the hot tub, when I'm in the hot tub, yes, when it's 101 degrees. Thank you. I missed that. Um, Good good callback. um, They're saying that like they use the term that we're evolving into techno sapiens. Okay, so the homo sapien now using using technology to the to its full extent. My son is a techno sapien. Yes, he's thirteen. Are you, like I think we're all he's turning like into techno sapiens, right? So, well, didn't, didn't Elon Musk say that we're technically cyborgs? Is this a really bad user interface between us and the computer? <laughs> we are like <laughs> this. We're, we're too organic. This is organic, pr- this is uh, proof that we are. Here. Yeah, like right. we're just missing that heads up display, right? Well, we're carbon, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. something that is unavoidable is the technology and how it is now so ingrained into our lives like you know that when the power goes out right oh i can't work okay we're shut down Um, when the the wi-fi goes down we're shut down yeah it's using these tools that are here and not going away to the fullest extent and it's nothing to be afraid of it makes us as people better being us so you talked about charity and so like like you say, so you're automating, you're printing, um, and sorry, I'm just sort of looking at our at our time. How are we doing here? We're just over an hour. Um, we talk about charity. We talk about so you got the printer. You're like you've you've printed the denture. You've already taken the money for the case. All of a sudden, Mrs. Jones come back. She comes back a month later. She's like, I broke my denture, or like six months later, I broke my denture. I lost it. Flush it down the toilet. Whatever. You push print. Another one comes out. Now she doesn't have the money to buy a new one. There you go. There's your charity case, for example. Um, so that's a, an example where the automation is, as you said, it's, it's, you've already made the investment and now it frees you up to provide that charity for your patient. Again, I want to draw a parallel. You're, to you're really reaching for, for a segue. Huh? No, it's, it's, no, I'm not reaching. I think there's, a, I think there's a parallel no, it's, here. It's super important because so we're, we're better at wi- what we're doing and providing. And now well, our mantra is now to take our, take that piece and automated back if you've right? automated your marketing right so if you say okay i have a dentist on a mass subscription whatever it is mm. they're doing this and this and this for me it's kind of automated well guess what a portion of the proceeds that the dentist pays to the dentist on demand goes towards the charitable foundation mm-hmm. so f- the first foundation that we've decided to run with is the Siebens, uh the vancouver plastic cleanup coalition, coalition yeah. so again when somebody decides hey, hey i want to i want to market myself i also want to give like how many Facebook ads do you see from dentists in your area, right? Because I happen to be in, I'm in this space, so I see like every second page on my Facebook feed is a, is a dentist with, their, with a picture with their team saying number one dentist in Cloverdale or Langley or Vancouver, wherever. So I'm like, okay, again, everyone understands that they have to be on Facebook, they have to be out there running ads. But again, the messaging is all, messaging is all the same. We have the best team, we're the best dentist, okay? Well, so now, how are you, again, how are you differentiating yourself? Well, if you're automating your marketing, 
and a portion of what you're spending to market yourself is going into a charitable foundation, does that not differentiate you as a, as a clinician, as a dental office to say, hey, guess what? Not only are we a great dental office with a great team and an awesome, like very uh, competent um, dentist, we also give back to cleaning the waters around British Columbia, Los Angeles, the Great Lakes. These sea bins are going in all around the continent and Vancouver is the latest city to jump into this coalition. Well, it, it, it benefits you as, as long as people know that you're doing it. Right. And so that goes into the social media. And it's now it's the ability, the opportunity you have for in social media to talk about something other than the, the number one best team that you have. Mm-hmm. It's also what you're doing. But again, that message needs to get out. So you need, as long as people know that you're doing it, then yeah, absolutely, you can benefit from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. And it's like, for me, it's it's been... Obviously, it's a passion project of ours. We've invested heavily in the sea bins. Um, you know, we've, we've bought 10 of them to put around Vancouver. Wow. We own uh, 10 sea bins. We, 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 I think we might own 12 now. Oh, but what? When did that I, happen? I know. Oops. I spent some more money, Mark. I'm oh, sorry. Good job. Um, but we've already installed three of these sea bins around Vancouver. And, we, and you're, you're going to be hearing a lot more about these sea bins and about, um, about our intention to help clean up the waters around British Columbia. Um, and it's nice because we're not alone. Actually, let me go back because it actually started in Australia. So Sydney was the first um, uh, city that this originated in. They had a ton of success with it in Australia. Um, then it um, then it took off in I think I think it went to LA next. But then at the I'm not at the same time. I'm not sure the chronology of it, but I know that the Great Lakes has a pretty successful program as well with these sea bins. And what they're doing is they're water skimmers, so they pull debris out of the water so that they can um, the people that work for companies like uh, Swim Drink Fish can now analyze, uh, do a, a water characterization test to see, okay, what's actually in this water and what's the best method of removing this this debris out of the water, uh, primarily around marinas uh, in places like Vancouver, Los Angeles. I think they've got 30 in Marina Del Rey down in, uh, down in LA County. Um, oh. yeah, that's where Marina Del Rey is. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this is, this is an initiative that's like a, a really the heart of what Dennis On Demand is and why we're doing this. Um, and it's a, gr- I think it's a great story to tell your patients. There's no, more. absolutely. Again, anytime you can change the, the, the conversation. And again, one thing we've talked about in, in past podcasts is just kind of like all of our pet peeve about how dental offices have put up a very beautiful website with all stock photos. And like, like yeah. that, that, that doesn't make a difference. Like, you know, everyone no. can do that. Like, the ability to actually, you know, take the, take the risk and put yourself out there and, and feature you and your team and, and, and truly tell your story because, you know, we are all different and, and the thing is, like, so many people are concerned that a you know, patient's a patient's a patient. But again, you, you can't be something. If you're something to everybody, you're some, you're nothing to anybody. Isn't that the, the, the saying? Yeah, yeah. And they, I again, totally agree with your that. Story, patients are really, again, whether it's a, a patient that, that agrees in your CBIN initiative and wants to join that dental office as a patient, that's something that they can buy into. So when someone else gets, that person gets approached on the, on a cheaper price of a, of a, of a restoration or for a a cleaning you know it's not just a price that they're changing they're they're stepping away from the office that they have a fundamental belief in yeah and uh, so absolutely again finding uh finding your calling finding uh the the why finding the direction that you want to buy into and and the the patients you want to attract or the clientele you want to attract um again uh, solidifies that uh that decision and and it makes um makes (laughs) fans Sorry, I was just giving you a huge win there. It's like a winning battle. <laughs> and if you screwed it up, I would have done this. <laughs> <laughs> you did, though. You know. But that. you're right, Bob. And I think that, um, like, and and to that to that 
point, um, not only is it environmental with the sea bins and cleaning up the water in the oceans, um, we have, we're, we in the future, we want to have charitable foundation for mental health awareness. Um, cancer research is, is the third one. And what's our fourth one? The um, environment, cancer, um, and and uh, poverty too, like uh, yeah, low income. Like we want to help. Vancouver's got Van- such a homeless problem. Yeah, we right? got it's 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 probably like man, oh man, like driving down Hastings. It's it's um, it's an eye opener. Um, I don't like. It's hard to even describe. Like it's always in the news. It's oh man, those are like. I mean, every city's got their problems. Yeah. but I mean, you know, but these are like human beings that you know everybody just kind of drives past and disgust but every one of them has a story like those people need help and most of those folks are they're not uh, who would want to live on the street because like no i'm pretty sure most humans wouldn't want to be in that position um they just you know befelled some sort of their timeline just that's where they ended up so i think it's go ahead my my wife used to work in um in kind of that, that sector, that realm for a nonprofit and uh, here in Edmonton. And uh, she helped try to help people get back on their feet after whatever situation that brought them onto the street. And um, some of the biggest problems that those people face, and, and there's lots of problems, but um, that I believe is fixable, is one, um, they have no ID. Many of them have no ID. <laughs> and it, it either gets lost or stolen. <clears throat> and then in order to get an ID, you need to have like a P.O. box for an address for them to mail your ID to. Right. And so people don't have these things. And then they can, if they have no P.O. box or no mailing address, and, and certain services and certain things can't get sent to P.O. boxes. It's just like a, like a you know, some regulation or you know, rule that someone wrote, you know. And um, something as simple as get, having having a driver's license or an ID uh, that would then allow you to get into other programs and other services. Mm-hmm. Um, those things should be, and, and then you hear unfortunate stories where apparently people get arrested by police for a number of reasons and, and legitimate reasons, but mm-hmm. you get a, a bad cop and the cop takes the ID and chucks it. And oh, now that person right. doesn't have an ID. And yeah. yeah. They live outside um, of the system, right? We're talking about yeah, systems there. <laughs> yeah. So no, it, it's a, it's a unfortunate situation by all means. And, and, yeah. and again, if, if, if that's, um, a passion of a, of a of a dental office or of a, another business and they want to use that uh, uh, try to help in that, that that category and use that as a way to you know find like-minded patients or clientele that you know believe in the same causes hey there, there's something you can connect on yeah on, on a deeper level than simply just the, the price that you offer your product or service and i i think we're we're very lucky okay we're very lucky as people bobby i you know I know you've got a lovely family out there and you know we're very fortunate to do what we do and and in this industry I feel I feel the need as a person and and that's you know Tyler is I'm you're there too if you have the ability to to give back in any way possible whether that be your time or whatever that might be I think as a human being that should be an obligation um and it and it pains me to drive down Hastings and like this is like just a helpless feeling like there's nobody like there there's nobody could do anything about this like it's just it's it's getting worse and worse like there's that issue there's you know I've I've had family members taken by cancer Mm. you know so if 
if there's anything in our power that we can do whether that's our time or our you know our, our some of our proceeds from from Dennis on demand I think it's we need to do that it's our obligation to to give back um, it's it's you know I don't 100% know. so yeah. anyways yeah yeah I agree for sure yeah I'm on the same page and yeah. it's um it, I think that the our first our initial investment was in the sea bins um, but uh, it would be, I mean, one of the happiest days for me in the future is when we can say, you know what, we're now opening up the mental health awareness yeah. component to our charitable foundation. Well, I mean, so I was cancer just... Cancer research. Yeah. That, that will be bring me uh, a ton of... Sorry, i got to unlock my phone here for you. Uh, that would bring me a ton of joy uh, to be... Or to say, you know what, hey, guess what? We just, we just acquired 10 more seed bins uh, to put around, again, to put around Vancouver. Um, I'm seeing here, I, back on June 7th to, uh, this year, so what, two months ago, um, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency joined uh, the partnership for the Delaware uh, Easter, how do you say this? I can't, this is uh, a PDE and clean tech startup CBIN today to introduce a project studying the effectiveness of a network of innovative floating trash capture devices. So, whoa, whoa, there's the um, sound. Oh. That's a long word. Uh, estuary is what the word I'm trying to, trying to say there. Yeah. I'm like sounding out the syllables. Um, so, so they're spending money in Philadelphia on this technology as well. So now in Los Angeles, over on the East Coast and in Philadelphia, they're doing it. The Great Lakes are, are they're putting these sea bins in the water and now in Vancouver. So um, this, this initiative is getting traction. Here, here's, this is what I was looking for. So Tyler and I, we that was a cold November day. That was like, oh. it was so cold. So this day we went out. This is going to be super loud, of course. It feels like it. It's a little nice. So well, there's all sorts of places where I can turn things down. So it's just finding the right one. It's like a windstorm. There we go. So we went out with. We actually met up with with the folks at Swim Drink Fish, and we we took a look at some of the contents that were inside of that um, of what that seabin was capturing. So. Um, like the th the things in our local waters, like Vancouver is a beautiful place. It has this perception that it's clean and pristine. But when we pulled this bin out of the water, and keep in mind, like this bin doesn't like it. It, it captures what it captures is something like twenty five thousand liters an hour sift through this bin. But there's like billions of liters of of water <laughs> to sift through, right? So inside of this bin, we're you know syringes and and like plastic pieces and these little chunks of plastic which are called nurdles and we can you know the this would be like a whole conversation to, or not the next podcast anyways so this is like keeping in mind that this is just a small snippet a sampling um if you scale what we found in this bin up like oh my goodness we are we're in some big doo doo. Well, like what's what's happening is that these the North America's coming together on this Seabin project um, to say to acknowledge the fact that hey, we 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 might have a solution here. So we're using these Seabins to characterize to to analyze what's in the water. So mm -hmm. just to quickly quote, partnering with the U.S. EPA, so the Environmental uh, uh, Protectionist Agency, Protection. and the bit in the PDE, which is the that other uh, group that I mentioned up top here. Um, it'll take too long to find it, but um, it's basically in Philadelphia. Um, 
The partnering with these guys is not only a world first setting precedent, but also reinforces the need for immediate solutions to the global problem of plastic pollution in our waterways and our oceans. Our project goal is to work together in closing the data gap of microplastics and contaminants in the Delaware, um, uh, whilst engaging the local community with educational and prevention programs. So, so really what this is doing is it's, it's allowing um, these companies that all like there's a lot of corporate money that's going into this program now to say great let's put tons of these sea bins in the water analyze it and now come up with a, like a real tangible solution on how to deal with pollution in our waterways yeah and they said that their their mantra is that you know the goal of sea bins is to not have to make sea bins in the future yeah which, well, is, which right. is cool and it's and it's you know what we do with this 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 waste characterization so i mentioned nurdles so nurdles are you melt down these little plastic pellets to make everything that is plastic so these nurdles so somewhere on the fraser river there is mul- i think there's multiple plants that melt down these little nurdle pe- plastic pellets to um make plastic things manufacturing yeah so there's something on the order of like two trillion nurdles that are dumped into our waters worldwide like a year and that is like so what struck me what struck me the most about that seabin yes there was syringes in there and also like talking about it's nasty talking to the girls that do that like on a regular like they go out every day and and like actually document what they find um what really struck me were these nurdles like you take all the 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 um, macro pieces first, right? You organize them, and then you get to the micro pieces of plastic. And these nurdles were just saturated, like saturated everything in this bin. It, and if we're taking just a small sample of what this, you know, this, yeah, I what is it like a two feet in diameter um, vessel that's sifting? If we take a little snap, like if that's just oh, taking that a little, that up so I can there show you go, yeah, just a little snapshot, like, like th- that's just a small sampling of what's actually out there. And th- there's another thing that's in there too, is there's a little like um, a micro filter that takes out oil and all that. So it's just soaked full of like all the, the pollutants that, um, that are within the marina and stuff. So, so if you look on that diagram, you can see where we put the first three seed bits. Yeah. So just around uh, Granville Island, but anyways, so yeah, like if this information is 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 you know pointless unless it's going to the right um, establishments and government bodies that actually take this information in and then do something about it. So we're like this project has gathered a ton of data. It's been in the water now for like about a year and a half. Um, it's allowed, man, oh man, just over a year just over a year so anyways but um, the nice thing about it is that this will encourage to say you know hey you guys care about the planet go see your dentist go to a dentist on demand dentist because guess what we're going to do more of this proceeds stuff. some proceeds from your dental yeah. visit will go to get more we're getting we, more sea bins in the water this is what we're about we want to do more of this stuff we want to help fight cancer mental health and poverty like let's we're going to turn this in, into a machine for good that's the almost you know ultimate I goal I've been listening to you guys, and this is very interesting and and very you know it's obviously very very um, important to you, and, and, I, and um, I I have a lot of respect for it too, and I just I, I came just up with a, a fantastic just like analogy I think, and and just way to kind of tie this whole conversation back together. Um, in a previous life of mine, I lived in Los Angeles for a short while, and uh, did a lot of scuba diving down there, and we would actually go out once a year, and we would do 
um, underwater pickups around the piers of Los Angeles. And we always did the San, Santa Monica Pier. And the stuff we pulled out of the water at the Santa Monica Pier was just mind-blowing. Like car tires, bunch of junk. And uh, I think the, the craziest thing one guy finally pulled out one time was actually a wedding dress. All the oh, stuff that God. just got, you know, sunglasses, cell <laughs> wow. phones, and all the you know, stuff we could drop over the edge. A uh, wedding dress came out one time. And but anyways, I'm thinking about this. And what, we're, like, what these bins do is essentially kind of the same thing that we were talking about earlier in regards to AI and automation in, in dentistry and business is it, it's taking care of the, the low-hanging fruit. The amount of manpower and resources needed to humanly invest in capturing this stuff mm-hmm. is exponential and it's not really um, feasible or doable because this is something that just kind of works in the background. Just every single day sits a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and you end up with these large amounts of waste that you're moving out of the ocean um, and, and out of the, the waterways. Again, same thing with how you know AI and printing can 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 assist a dental office or a dental lab by by doing the, the low hanging fruit. It just kind of works in the background, allowing the people, the businesses, to take on the larger cases mm-hmm. and, and invest where the human capital really is is needed. Um, so that's just kind of like the the analogy. I kind of just kind of came to me as I was listening to you guys talk about you know again, this is just doing it's the low hanging fruit. It's the little stuff, but over time, this adds up to a lot of of, uh, of benefit again for for the business and also in this example in, in regards to the, the waterways it's just, a, just they're in the background working away mm-hmm. and uh, kind of you set it you forget it and you come back and you check it every month or every every quarter and, uh, and you see the results so yeah and it's in it and when you, when you say automating it's like you're setting it and forgetting it right like the seed bin goes in the water it's sifting 24 hours a day mm. um so it's you know it's 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 in the background like you say working um and just looking at the so they launched la and they want to have they call them smart cities now so they want to have 100 smart cities by the year 2050 so now that los angeles is launched there's um a lot more people that are getting behind this project and it's called the seabinsproject.com and like i'm just trying to look at the, some of the corporate sponsors but there's some big names that are now attached to this project so it's mm. i think we're going to hear more about the sea bins and more about how like what we can do i mean look at the world around us right like they're saying today like china's having a, a major major drought right now new zealand is having flooding and all sorts of like horrible torrential uh rain so just again another example of how yeah everyone has their own theory on climate change but guess what we well, can all agree that the, the, the ocean is polluted. Well, here's, here's, here's an active measure we can put in place. The CBIN is, its purpose is to give us data. So it's and, to, and to clean up a lot of the well fall around, around marinas. It will, yes, yes, that's true. But it, it won't do the job of cleaning it crystal pristine. The, what, what the CBINs are doing is they're giving us data. So what, like a data is all for naught if you don't do anything with it so the next steps like i said are to take the data that like the findings in these sea bins and then like who's dumping all these nurdles in the water let's go let's go stop this from happening right what's the the saying you know like uh, um ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure that's right and again like like the sea bin initiative it's, it's a curing device, meaning it's removing this debris from the washer. But again, if you take the data, like you say, and you find a way, how do I take this data, find out where it came yeah. from, and how do we how to prevent it from happening in the beginning, that's yeah. going to result in far, far less uh, debris to be, to be in the future. So each, you know what each I'm gonna C-bin has, sorry, Mark, go ahead. Each C-bin has the capacity to catch 90,000 plastic bags per year, 36,000 disposable mm-hmm. cups per year, 17,000 plastic bottles per year. 
and 166,000 plastic utensils per year. Yeah. So that's in one seabin. But like the actual water body around it is like billion times more in magnitude and size. Like it would, n- it, it's, it's great that they are like, I'm not denying that, that they are doing a great job of sifting out it's that their jobs are not to clean the water the, their jobs are to give us the data so i'm going to jump back into the uh the old hot tub analogy <laughs> right it's it's our thermometer in the water right well it's capturing the the the, the debris that's being generated on shore right yeah but, but but the the debris that's coming in from the ocean is a whole other a whole other pr- uh, problem yeah but so like with these sea bins in like we okay well how did this piece of material get into this bin okay so it's a current that brought it in through the wanda fuca strait from the pacific you know all the way from the other side of the 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 pacific rim in some manufacturing plant say in japan or something like Mm -hmm. with seeing that piece of material in the bin we can then discern its source the the source of the problem and that's what these bins are doing you're you're taking all this data, you're documenting it, you're seeing trends, right? So if you, you know, you can calculate based on size, like how many liters per water are actually in the surrounding area, and then calculate, you know, based on scale, like how much junk is in the area. Um, It's all going to be different in the waterways everywhere because like Vancouver, for an example, we've got you know there could be garbage from the inlets the the Fraser River carrying things down the Pacific Ocean's currents bringing things in so it's it's really gathering data and then making decisions based on that data so let's like put an end to nurdles right like let's go and why is this happening in these plastic manufacturing plants like how how are we allowing x amount of nurdles to be dumped into our waterways like let's 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 cut this this problem from the source right yeah it's not about yes they are cleaning it's great they're they're sifting a lot of junk out we saw it firsthand but that problem is not going to stop like it'll just continue to sift that same stuff out of the water at at that rate unless we stop unless we cut the source that's what the the sea bins are doing so yeah uh, it's cool it's education and, and outreach and, and making yeah. sure people are aware what's going on yeah and it's how that's to fix it. and again it's all for no, like and and that has always been like when we've sat down with swim drink fish and 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 we're talking about how the project's going is it's always for me it's okay guys this is great like we're seeing well, all this stuff what are we doing about it are we going and talking to these business bodies like well the 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 federal government just announced they're they're allocating a lot of like millions and millions of dollars to this initiative to clean up the waters around Canada. Yeah. So now they're like, they're probably like, well, we need more data. Yeah. <laughs> right. We need I guess what? We've got we it. This. Yeah. And it's the same thing as like driving down Hastings street. We like people, it's what we choose to do with the information. So mm-hmm. we're driving down the street. We see the there's data here. There's a problem here. Like that is a source problem. Like you said, uh, Bob, like it's, a lot of for the for a lot of folks it might be just they don't have identification so they can't program into the system so how do we fix that like yeah that's how we how we how don't how like move these one these people from one tenth city to the next tenth city let's find out the source of the problem and th- i don't think this like solving that problem is a quick band-aid to just give them homes 
like let's rehabilitate the people that we can get them back into society the best we can if that's even possible yeah, it's, a, it's a big issue man um but like let's let's nip it in the butt like maybe like do we, something we we put some youth programs in 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 place that stops these these this history that keeps repeating itself and these these folks that end up from their storyline from you know a happy healthy kid and maybe a broken home that has a chance to this this poor guy that's like hunched over in the street like so with, with a needle in his hand two quick two quick points and these are kind of random pieces of information i've picked yeah. up just through my my listening and, and learning um and so if anyone's listening and i dispute my numbers just give me a margin of error here but um, <laughs> i always put a disclaimer um, in the first yeah um uh, we're, we're all well aware of like the r factor uh, listening to COVID for last you know if you r factor is over one you know, you have, you know, things are, our, our numbers are increasing. If our factor is less than one, things are decreasing. Mm-hmm. And we often heard that with like COVID cases and whatnot. Yeah. Um, there's an R factor that leads towards um, apparently um, physical abuse for children. And the R factor is like, it, it's, it's, it's one thing and it increases the R factor by like a hundredfold, like right. substantial. And like, like going from one to two is a double, right? So, the, so anyways, um, to keep it short, it ends up being apparently um, having a step parent in the house. Is that having right? A step parent in the house is an exponential R factor leading towards the potential of, of child abuse. Uh, as as to really? why there's a whole psychological you know um, talk oh, that yeah. I'm not prepared to have, but that's apparently been shown. Thanks, Karen, um, for joining us. Sorry, <laughs> I'm putting right uh, over Bobby. <laughs> huh? uh, we just we've got uh, somebody that's just made a comment here. Karen Shaw, thanks for listening in. Oh, okay, cool. So, so, so you said it's a hundred times more likely. It, it, it's something. It, it's something like exponential. It, it's yeah, just right, a right. Ve- it, the fact. I'm not going to hold you the numbers, but it's but it's a big number. I'm going to look right? it up on it's Google. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm not going to. Yeah. So you can debate me and challenge me on how big it, but it's, I won't, it's a I big, won't. big. It's, it's the yeah. largest factor, single factor, mm-hmm. that results in, in in child abuse. Um, and I'm, freak, I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank on my my second thing I was going to to, to allude to, but. Um, Finding these um, uh, these stats, being able to address it and prevent it, and you talk about, about Hastings, and you're like, how, how do you prevent this from happening? Like, yeah. Identifying these these, these um, um, uh, um, out, um, outlying circumstances mm-hmm. allows you to make the, the biggest impact. And, yeah, there's no quick um, fix for it. There's no quick fix. Absolutely. And, and yeah. how, how do you possibly address that? I've got yeah. no idea. And, like, it's it's got to be over time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but again, without that but without that information as to where you need to go for the source, yeah, all that's going to happen is you're going to end up having to you know house more homeless people because you know the the, the supply just keeps coming into into this Hastings Street, yeah. Um, and again, so it's, it's going after those those sources and identifying. So maybe maybe like a good first start is totally. let's let's you know who's willing as a you know as a homeless person who's willing to talk to somebody and gather like hear their story hear their story out and find out a to z how did they get from you know their childhood to being where they're at currently and then you know coming up with trends for those those people and then implementing systems that you know bring and reduce that that poverty traffic down like nipping it in the butt at at a young 
point. And that's like, well, I think the problem is that it's not, it's not a money-making venture. And yeah. so the challenge has always been, well, but where do you get the funding from, right? The government's yeah. like, well, we've only got so much more. Yeah. We've only got so much money to go around. Yeah. And if you want us to raise taxes to fund this, no problem. Well, they're yeah. going to have a mutiny on their hands. Well, so no, then it's like, no, they have in place now. They have, they have now, they've got a, they've got a problem in, 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 you know, spending money to clean it up. Fair enough. But what I'm saying is that, like, you know, it's, it's always going to be a standoff yeah. until you attach it to something like what we were doing with the seed bins, where it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah. Get your butt into the dentist because some of the money you spend on the dentist is going to go towards helping our homeless problem. We're going to make that happen, like, the best Possibly. of our, like, that is, you know, all this, this dentistry stuff is a lot of fun to chat about, but, um, you know, it's Have fun. We talked about much dentistry stuff today. We kind of um, did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, we should probably wrap up soon. Hey, do, uh, are are you ready to start our our real conversation yet, Bobby? This was been our. Sorry, would you say, Bob? Our factor and uh, the, the child abuse thing. The second thing is a stat that I remember hearing many years ago, was that, um, you know, the, the cost to uh, to incarcerate a you know an adult was around the neighborhood of like a hundred thousand dollars a year, and that number's mm. probably gone up since. since then. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the cost to you know, put a, a a youth child through you know, through hockey or through like extracurricular sports was, you know, a, a couple thousand dollars a year or a thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a, a correlation roughly like maybe it's like 80% or so. A, a child that, you know, went through you know, extracurricular sports, extracurricular activities had an 80% less chance or likelihood of being incarcerated <laughs> later in life. So again, so so you've, you, you've got two costs that you get to, to choose. Do you want to spend $100,000 a year to incarcerate an adult? Or a thousand dollars a year to put a kid through through sports. Yeah, um, the problem is one of the problems is that the things that we're talking about, you know, aren't like you say money making. They're not, they're not profitable, Tyler. Mm-hmm. But they're also not not campaign topics. They're not they're not sexy things to talk about on the campaign yeah. trail. People want to talk about you know boots on the ground, police force, safety. Mm-hmm. Those things are those things garner um, attention during campaigns and political yeah. um, elections. You know, um, talking about how to prevent these things and, and they're also they're harder solutions to to yeah. to um people want simple one-line yeah. solutions and answers oh give them homes <laughs> okay sorry it's like oh yeah just let's let's build them some homes yeah so again, let's get out this week issues and, and they can't be addressed they're more difficult to address yeah and again so then they get ignored people try to you know put band-aids on stuff and like we're gonna have you know more police to take care of this issue well that doesn't take care of it that doesn't, doesn't take care of it kind of shows like uh, what like what that shows what the plastic in the water shows what the people on the street shows is there are problems in our system right yeah they're they're there because we failed to address those issues over time yeah. so they accumulate and they get worse um so you know i wish more people cared about it that's the thing like it's it's i think the average person just drives down Hastings Street and goes, oh, just, hey Frank, did you see Hastings? There's this guy just laying there. It's just they're all disgusting. And I, I wish there was more people that went, man, oh man, these are like living and breathing people with stories. Like, let's help them. Well, I think a lot of people <laughs> do, but they're like, where do we start, right? Yeah. Um, fair enough. But I, I don't know. Is there, is there anything else about desktop? <laughs> Sharp left turn. <laughs> is there anything else about desktop health you want to talk to us about today, Bob? You know what? Um, in in <laughs> interesting time, no. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Sorry, I had to. It's always fun to talk to you guys about this stuff. You know, yeah. it, it is. It's, it's a passion of mine. I think it's it's a fun technology. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we are continuing to, to launch new materials. There's new things coming down uh, for the rest of the year and you know into 2023. Um, obviously, if anyone has questions, please reach out. Let me know. Happy to happy to assist. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, again, it's something that uh, shouldn't be ignored. It's something that should be uh, addressed, and it's it's a uh, it's just a fun conversation to have. So yeah, um, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. So go to a dentist on demand dentist that has a uh, has an Einstein printer. Has an Einstein printer. There you go. There I you go. I know a dentist that just got an Einstein printer oh. in my career, so, or he's about to get one. That's so, so cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. If you need, uh, and so uh, be quickly before we wrap up. Oh, like oh, other, oh like hang on, Kar Karen's chiming in here. We can't. Hi, Karen. Uh, so Flexera. She. Oh, Karen. Uh, oh, I pick up garbage that people just leave in my walkway. Yes, that is. Very it annoying. is so annoying. Like, why don't like it's just. There's the worst is when people don't pick up after their dogs. Oh, like, that really? too. Like, I, I that came across my mind too. Yeah, but I like, caught a kid doing that a few years ago. I'm like, dude, like, this is my lawn. It's it's a very it's a selfish. Like people, I think, just live too much inside their own heads, and they don't even think about it. But you're right, Karen. Yeah, picking thank up you, Karen. In your, in your walkway is we like we need more Karens in the world. Um, the uh, Flexera uh, new product launches. Anything like so? Is Flexera available in Canada? Flexera Smile, Flexera Base are available in Canada. They are. Uh, uh, indication for use is a you know final removable denture. Okay. Um, and then you know, there's a lot of cases that people are using it for in regards to temporaries and all in acts temporaries and um, uh, partials clippers um, so again that is available uh, Flexera Smile Ultra Plus is yet to be Health Canada approved um, okay. and uh, we're just you know Health Canada is a, a deep dark hole of no one knows what's happening until it happens another so, another broken system you'll get it when you get it <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the old the memo you'll, you'll, you'll get it when you get it yeah that being said though we will be introducing um, a, a new uh, soft nightguard material shortly Okay. Uh, SmileGuard. So again, it's been developed by by Desktop Health. Uh, it is ninety percent more clear than uh, other uh, nightguard materials on the market. Uh, Why is that important? Really, sorry. Why is that important? Well, it's, it's not. It's not really that, that it's important. Uh, you know, obviously, people are they want to have like a, a clear nightguard. The, 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 what is important about that is the ability of the technology that we have, the ability to print clear. Um, other the reason why current nightguard materials on the market are blue or that are tinted is because if they weren't they'd turn yellow mm. it's because mm -hmm. of uh, just, uh, projector systems that uh, wavelengths that are different than what we have that just aren't as efficient require more photo, photo initiators and what this is all going towards in the future is the ability to print clear liners right so you can convince a patient to put a new a blue night guard in their mouth because hey it's nighttime no one's going to see it but your significant other but if you wanted to you actually print a clear liner to print like a bleaching tray and you want it to be clear um, you need to have the proper printer, the proper light source uh, to do that. And again, it's, it's just our ability um, with the technology that we have. So it's pretty exciting. So do you see something that rigid coming out soon where people, people will be able to print clear liners with uh, your absolutely. unit? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, as, to, as to when, you know, that, that's up to the FDA, that's up to Health Canada. Um, but it is, is a project we're working on because right now the number one um, consumer um, of 3D printing is... Uh, models for uh, clear liner systems right and, and you guys talk about plastics talk about waste you know every single clear line system that you're currently this is currently being used and pick all the big brands out there pick the, the ones that your doctor does in-house they are they're printing a model they're doing a suck down on that 
and then they're creating the tray, f- the, the liner from that, and then that model is uh, is discarded, it's garbage. And so being able to print an actual clear liner is going to save, you know, hundreds and thousands and you know millions of liters of resin from being printed into a model that is used for you know ten seconds while while a liner is being made. So that is like the the benefits of, of additive manufacturing of 3D printing is just far, far less waste, you know, um, when you mm-hmm. compare to milling, but also when you compare to, um, again, we're furthering the advancement of the, of the resin technology That's just brilliant. to make it again more effective, more efficient, less awesome. time consuming, less, you know, there's so many um, economic factors uh, that go into it. Uh, doctors and offices are spending 50 grand or more to buy a laser to cut out and trim an orthodontic model. Hmm. Wow. And that is instantly obsolete the second you can print in the liner. Crazy. Wow, well, there crazy. you go. And like, are there are there services out there where people are like, um, we, we'll wrap up here, uh, Bob. I know you want to get on with your day. Um, are there services out there where people are like, like, where do you dispose of your your old resin models? You know, that's that's actually a great question, and I I, I don't have an answer for you. I um, I honestly don't even know. Uh, and I, I'm, because you asked this, I'm going to look into it. I don't even know what the the recycling options are for for model resins yeah. um, and also on top of that too uh, you know look just go back to the, um, the requirements for dental offices to keep those models as, as technical records right so yeah they need to have the storage facilities I believe too because even a printed model I believe needs to be uh, kept for a number of years as, as a record as well mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm, I've been curious to know like if that if that's still required or if a digital model is sufficient nowadays I, I don't have the exact answer on that, but I remember because I remember I you get either, a doctor yeah. seeking, oh, I'm going to take all my models, I'm going to scan them in and get rid of the actual. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't know if that is uh, technically allowed. I'm sure people have done it. Well, with with a physical material, changing. wouldn't there be like some sort of degradation of, you know, that actual material? Wouldn't that digital um, information be a better record? Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's why for years it's always been stone models. Yeah. And, you know, the fir- when, when I first started selling scanners to people, they'd be like, oh, cool. So, like, uh, what do I do with all my, like, do you have a place to put all my models? <laughs> like, yeah. how do we, I have, like, a, a 20 by 20 storage facility with uh, with uh, models that date back 20 years. Like, yeah. how do I get rid of those? Yeah. So, that's, uh, I think there's an interesting conversation there. That'll be for the next time. But, again, no. also, in, in, in closing, and not to go down too far down a rabbit hole, this goes into how, you know, um, insurances and regulations by organizations, you know, uh, are slow to adopt technology uh, because this technology exists. But then again, um, is it technically um, allowed by those by those governing bodies? So again, that's the, that's the other question, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob, it has been fun as usual. <laughs> I never know what to expect <laughs> coming on with you guys. It's been a blast. I've stopped preparing because it's just... It, you know, it's gonna, it's <laughs> Stop preparing. I, you know what? Like, I was that. talking to Ty last night, too. It's like, what are, what are we... Uh, what are we, we going to talk to Bob I came about? into this morning with an agenda. We're, we're like, like hey, well, let's, uh, we're talking to Bob. So yeah. We kind of, like, started the conversation, the conversation before we had recorded, too. And well, that's why we're, we're already chitty-chatting. And I'm like, can we just push record on this? We're like, we're... Bob's saying some pretty interesting things. We we always like like to think that we know what we're talking about. That's for sure. Yeah. We got some opinions between the three of us. Well, you know, uh, and and we're just you know regurgitating through our minds like from really smart people things that we you know uh, things that we we know and we've heard. Well, so. that, we're, that we're seeing and that we're living and yeah. we're, that we're like hey yeah. you know. Yeah. 
I'm Here's sorry. I'm, in the market. I'm sorry to poo-poo us. We're pretty smart. <laughs> I didn't hear a poo-poo, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Anyways, have a great weekend, man. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, you too, guys. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, let's, let's get back in touch soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, all you our bet. best to the to the kiddos, and uh, say hi to your beautiful wife. Likewise, yeah, you bet. Okay, man. Hey, cheers. Hey, see you guys. <laughs>